Hi, and welcome to the Reiki from the Farm podcast brought to you by me, Pam Allen LeBlanc from Hiddenbrook Farm. I am a scientist, a businesswoman, and a licensed Reiki master teacher with the International Center for Reiki Training. Each week in this podcast, you'll be entertained as you learn about a wide variety of relevant Reiki topics, helping you become a more knowledgeable and effective Reiki practitioner. We caution you, though, this podcast may also dramatically improve your life, and we are so happy that you're here. On this week's podcast, I am talking with Munakai Mohammed and Lena Takahashi about from Healing Land Reiki. And we just we wanted to bring you to Japan and give you a little bit of an idea of the history and all of the wonderful things that Lena and Munakai are doing in Japan. Welcome, you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Pam, thank you for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you, Pam. Oh, it's my pleasure. Just before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that in the end of January here at Reiki from the Farm, we've got a full lineup of ICRT licensed online classes being taught in the Eastern time zone and um, the level one and two masters, Karuna Reiki masters, also ICRT level one and two animal Reiki training and master training. So go ahead and join us if you'd like. In March, I will be teaching in the Australian time zone. So if there's anybody that wants to join us from there, please go ahead and check the schedule in the links in the podcast. I also have a link to my newsletter in the podcast that I'd invite you to sign up for if you want to get reminders about the podcast or see what is going on here at the farm. And also a link to my schedule if you would like to book a session with me. So go ahead and check that out. Lena and Munakai, you've got some pretty great things coming up and some wonderful offerings. And certainly I know it's my intention to come and take a class from you in Japan and experience Kurama as soon as I'm able to make that work. Can you tell us a little bit about what people can experience from you guys, what you guys have? Coming up, we ha- do have our January classes, and we also have our January and February schedule. We have we so we have our begin Reiki one and two. Mm-hmm. We have our Usui Holy Fire three Karuna Usui Holy Fire Reiki Master Class, and our Holy Fire three Karuna Reiki Master Class. And then we also have our offering about the Mount Karama visual meditation and journey. I love that. Yes, a lot going on. (laughs) You have a lot going on. Well, let's tell the listeners a little bit about that. First of all, about your classes, because I believe you offer your classes at Kurama, at Mount Kurama, the birthplace of Reiki. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, so, um, yes, we do offer classes in Japan in two locations. Uh, one location is where we based is northern northern Japan. 
So people can come to northern part of Japan and take classes, or they can come to the birthplace of Usui Reiki, <laughs> which is Mount Krama. So people can stay physically at Mount Krama during their training and facility and food will be provided along with the training. I am so excited for that. And I've heard the food is fantastic. <laughs> very tasty. Very, very tasty. Very so, and you mostly teach in English, although Lena, you also teach in Japanese and, mm-hmm. and you also speak Russian. I don't know if you teach in Russian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. I mainly teach Japanese people and English-speaking people. Yeah. So far, I haven't had chance um, to teach in Russian <laughs> because my focus is teaching Reiki to Japanese people in Japanese yes. or whoever speaks uh, <laughs> English. So, in English. Yeah. But if there's any request, sure, yes. You could always Spanish. teach in Russian. Russian. <laughs> And Ukrainian, yes. And Ukrainian. And Munika, you also speak several languages. Do you, you teach mostly in English though, I think? Mostly in English because like most of the requests come from English speakers, but I do speak Spanish. I'm fluent in Spanish. It's been a little while since I've used it because after living in Japan for 20 years, but I do speak Spanish and I do love it. So, mi gente quien habla español. (laughs) okay (laughs) you guys are so talented i I love it and i want to say a few things about your offering of the mount kurama tour i actually attended that tour with you because i just wanted to get to know mount kurama better it is the birthplace of Reiki. I've seen photos of it, but your tour made me feel like I had been there. It made me feel like I knew it. And then you led us in a meditation afterwards or in a couple of meditations. Look, I went so deep in those meditations. So I think I I messaged you and said, okay, guys, you've got to make this available to everybody so that they can get a chance to visit Kuramayama. And I have it, we will put a link to that for anybody who's watching or listening today that would like to visit Kurama yourselves. How much is it you're offering your meditation and your tour of Kurama? How much are you charging for that? Yes, the one pan that you took parting was um, like live to live online tour. So basically, the people had to join on the time, and we have people from all over the world in the different time zones. So a lot of people couldn't join because of the weird time they should be taking part in. Right. So, so and. Providing recording was an option, but we decided to make it available so people can purchase it and get to that right away and a little bit better quality than Zoom recording and things like that. So the visual tour is um, 
$37 and yeah. you can purchase it and access it. So there will be kind of like PowerPoint presentation like tour where you will see pictures and maybe some videos. And also there will be two meditation. It's not just meditation. It's contains. So we're trying to connect people with the energy of the Mount Brahma and also uh, receive its healing. And along with the healing uh, they receive through Reiki. So the meditation guided first is by Monikai. And then on another time, you can do another meditation guided by me. So you have two different meditations there. Tell you what, you did a great job of bringing in the healing energy of Kurama because I, it, that was very powerful meditation. I really appreciated it, you guys. And I wanted to make sure that our listeners could access it. And that's very reasonable. My goodness. I had thought you would probably charge a bit more than that for it. So thank you for listening to it, Pam. It really means a lot to us. Thank you. Thank you, Monikai. Well, guys, before we go too much further, I'm just going to invite everybody to join me in a brief invocation so that as Lena and Munakai make us familiar with the birthplace of Reiki and some of the history and some of the wonderful and interesting things that I've always wondered about, we can do that with our Reiki activated and it can really become a part of us. So I'm going to invite everyone to bring your hands into Gasho and close your eyes. And just activate your Reiki energy, bringing in your symbols. And just acknowledging the birthplace of this beautiful energetic modality of love. And just allowing the Reiki energy to flow through you and acknowledging that today you will be connecting with the history, with Yasui Sensei, Dr. Hayashi and Mrs. Takata, who learned Reiki in Japan, who we sensei from his meditation on Mount Kurama, who became enlightened and then through the attunement process, created a way to pass on the enlightenment to all of us. And for that, we are so grateful. We open our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our spirit to receive this beautiful connection to the origin that is offered here today. And we are so thankful to Reiki and to Lena and Munikai for sharing this with us. Aho. Namaste and Amen. Thank you.
you guys. I just to start off, I just want to ask what brought the two of you to Japan? When I was studying in Mexico, I'll start. I'll start I was studying in Mexico and the opportunity just came up that I had an extra space and most of my friends were taking Japanese just on the whim. And so, so why not? So I took Japanese class and it was nice. It was cool. Great. But when I came back to the U.S. and I was finishing up my career, my university career in Spanish, just the idea of Japan started to grow and I couldn't get away from it. It became, I'm not going to say obsessive, but everything Japanese became very passionate for me. And so the opportunity came up to study and teach English in Japan on the Japan Exchange and Teaching Program. And that brought me to Japan. And that was in 1998. And then I transitioned from that job to another one. And I'm still here. So <laughs> that's what brought me to Japan. <laughs> oh, as far I'm from, pardon me, pardon me. I'm from the USA. I'm from Arizona in the USA. That's where I'm originally, that's my birthplace. Right. Thank you. <laughs> and Lena, little things like that. <laughs> well, you guys are great partners. So, Lena, you were not coming from the U.S. You were coming from the Ukraine. And uh, what brought you to Japan? Yes, I was planning to go to UK, but things just didn't work, and almost okay. Didn't have choice and had to go. To Japan, but at that around that time, it was 2003. That was the time when I came to Japan, and at, at that time there was not much internet access the way we have it available right now, and so I didn't have information about Japan at all. So I didn't know <laughs> I didn't know where I was going and what do I have to wear a kimono and every day and it's like what's happening over there in that part of the world it's really it's very far from us so yeah and um yeah just life brought me to japan and uh, eventually i liked it here more than my own country and i decided to stay here and not to go back to ukraine so it's been so now we're recording this is 2021. So it's been around 19 years I'm wow. in Japan. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. So you guys have been there. You guys both obviously really enjoyed enjoyed Japan and to have decided to stay. And you both learned Reiki while you were there. Can you tell us a little bit about the history of Reiki in Japan and just what that means to you. The thing that many people, some people know, some people don't, is that Reiki was a common practice in Japan before Mikao Usui received it. Mm. There were lots of people, they were called Reijutsukas, Reijutsukas, and they, this had healing abilities. And this was because there were, while the government was trying to implement 
what you, we would call Western medicine, but it still was a slow process, slow going. And there were many traditional healers and healings. And so in a, maybe in a rural area or in other big cities, going to see the Rejutska was a normal thing. And so when Mikao, Mikao Usui could have gone to say someone else's school and learned Reiki, but we all know that he didn't. He was, had traveled the world and was looking for Anshin Ritsume, the um, state of perfect peace at all times, regardless of circumstance. And he was also looking for Satori and his life purpose. And after three years of meditation, he couldn't find it. And his teacher told him, you got to be able to go to this, got to be willing to die for his purpose. And we all know what happened then. He decided to go to Mount Rama and he meditated for 21 days and he received the gift of Reiki. Now, there were other practitioners of other styles at that time. And so some people, they didn't, some people called their practices Reiki. Other people called their practices other, with other names. And also some people associated their practices with religion. Some did not. So these, this was the environment that was going on in 1920s Japan when Mikao Usui received the gift of Reiki and started on his life purpose at that time that has resulted in, as we know, Reiki spreading throughout the world through the, through from Usui Sensei to Dr. Hayashi, Ms. Takata, and through now down to everybody and now down to us. Yeah, I love that. And Kurama, Mount Kurama has been known as a sacred mountain for a lot of different religious and spiritual traditions, hasn't it? It's got an incredible history. Can you guys tell us a little bit about the history of Kurama and a little bit about the mountain itself where Reiki was discovered? I, I want to add some notes about, yeah. the, like I said, about the history. When you go to Mount Krama, like the energy is there so high that you may be carried away. <laughs> People actually suggest that you don't do any fasting when you go on Mount Krama, that you have your food there and you're grounded and you go and climb and have your experience. So just the, the thought that Sui Sensei had very long fasting and he was on mountain that says a lot of his development like in his like energetic part that just going along the 21 day fasting a lot of people maybe can do that but going on Mount Krama <laughs> while you're fasting for 21 days is not something that everyone can do so that's why um, people might think why not 
and anyone could go to Mount Krama, but maybe not everyone will have experienced that they had. And to my kind of understanding, when I go to Mount Krama and reading about Mount Krama, that's my own like perception of the way Usuisensei's energy and his personal like human part of his development was must be very high to receive that experience oh definitely and i when you look back at some of the great spiritual masters many of them did achieve enlightenment through fasting and time in nature and so i think it's so interesting that is the the history of of Reiki. And you mentioned the mountain itself, that just the energies are so high there. What do you guys notice when you go there? You teach classes there. And certainly Holy Fire 3 came through when William Rand was teaching on Kurama. And there are certain places in the world that just... I don't know. They just vibrate with a frequency that that makes you feel different after having been there. What do you notice about Kurama and what can you tell us about just what it means to the Japanese people? Thank you for your question. The first thing that you, a, a person like us, wouldn't need to understand is when you're going from Kyoto to Mount Kurama itself, when Usui Sensei did it, there was no train line. And so either he they walked or they were on a donkey or a horse or carriage or something like that. And so that's important to keep in mind when you or me or anyone goes and takes the train to Mount Karama because you see the distance that they had to cover. That alone makes you think about what it was like and how to go there. Once you get physically off the train, you are actually on Mount Karama. It's not like you get off the train and now you have to still go to. You're physically on the mountain. And if you turned around and left, you could say you've been there. But then when you start to go in, the energy of Mount Karama is very subtle. It's not like you're going to experience this huge energetic download immediately. It's that as you're going, and it's not a very steep mountain. So as you're climbing it, it's just the sounds and the energy of it. It just comes over you in such a way that sometimes you almost have to go back to the city before you realize how high your vibration was lifted and elevated because wow. it's very gentle and very subtle. But it is a sacred mountain and many people do go there to, to have just a hike. And there are many sacred places along the mountain. And we took you to some of them in the Ankara meditation. Yes. So, and, and there's various energetic spots where you can just sit and just meditate and you can see the, like the giant trees that have been there for so long that just, you can just feel the history and people and you want to touch them, but some of the trees, but some of the trees you can't touch, but the ones you can touch, you can just feel 
it's so again, I not to repeat myself, but it's a subtle energy that elevates you and is in a gentle way that feels full of love. Monica said there is a few spots, a lot of spots where you can sit and meditate, but actually some of the spots has such a strong energy that you don't need to sit there and meditate. So a few seconds is enough to, wow. to just be there or just like passing through. <laughs> so it, it's okay. <laughs> you don't need to sit. Uh, otherwise, you'll be <laughs> carried away <laughs> somewhere. So just a few seconds is enough. And there is even um, like a a tram that takes people up the mountain, isn't there? Mm -hmm. Um, That that allows you to save time if you just want to just get to the top. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But to really experience the mountain is is a good to walk it. And it's not difficult. You do want to plan for it, carry your Mm -hmm. fluids and everything, and to see the various energetic spots. So that's always a good day trip, a very good day trip. Yeah, in the in what you offered, you took us up the mountain, Lena, and it was just beautiful. Tell me a little bit about your teaching and your lineage and how you tie all of this history in when you teach because you are teaching in the birthplace of reiki yes in my experience with some japanese people so i have so we offer um usui holy fire reiki and also holy fire karuna reiki and uh, lineage i know we don't say lineage but the teaching of holy fire is in uh, new in Japan compared to the English-speaking world. So uh, a lot of people, what is holy fire? What, what right. is it all about? But I've what I've noticed the interesting fact that I've noticed when people already Japanese people when they already received Reiki and they want to come to also holy fire master class or they want to come to holy fire karuna master class what i've noticed is that they learned version of reiki which is uh, takata sensei's version of reiki and a lot of parts that icrt manual contain which is uh, Japanese Reiki techniques and uh, accurate part of the history of Reiki itself a lot of Japanese people are not aware so and when I'm starting to talk to them about okay let me know I want to know what you know about Reiki and all what I what they know is very brief um history of reiki they only know 12 hand position maybe they will know gasho mm-hmm. maybe they will know kenyoko dry bathing 
but that's the maximum they will know. The rest out of out of 100% so far in my experience, the people I've touched based who taught Reiki in Japan for over 20 years, they didn't know none of that. So maybe 5% maximum will have accurate information that um, who master symbol who added to Reiki, Japanese people really don't know. And it was like, wow. <laughs> and Monica maybe can talk more about that, that it's a part of actually Japanese culture. Unless there is something being exported out of Japan, got popular outside of Japan and being brought back, they will not sometimes consider it. <laughs> so... Uh, I so, think every uh, place is the same. <laughs> <laughs> and so when William Rand brought in Holy Fire, because there will be some people watching this who've studied Yusui Reiki only or traditional Yusui Reiki. So they're probably not familiar with the Japanese Reiki techniques that we teach in the ICRT, like your students. And they're probably... They may not also be familiar with Holy Fire. And I know when William brought Holy Fire, when it showed up in 2014, he made a decision like, look, I'm not going to take anything away from Yusui Reiki because it's, it's great. It's a great system of Reiki. But there's another energy that can be used alongside of the Yusui Reiki. And it brings in new opportunities and new uh, frequencies and new techniques. And so I really love that about the ICRT training and the Holy Fire, but I'm sure that your Japanese students wouldn't have been, Holy Fire is very likely new for them. Yes. And uh, the actually the people who, who are watching video right now, Pam, I see a little bit of the Reiki healing touch manual behind. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I keep them close. <laughs> All my tabs for teaching. <laughs> yeah, so what is actually good is that ICRT made this available regardless you have Reiki training or not. And um, we have, uh, I'm official representative of ICRT Holy Fire lineage in Japan. So we have this manual available in Japanese. Japanese people actually like purchasing this book to, wow, I didn't know, I didn't know. <laughs> so the accurate uh, history and, and the, uh, yeah. So they purchasing it to catch up with information. And interesting thing that, in the West, there is much more available information about history and a lot of Reiki research information more available compared to Japanese like book market. That's why Japanese people also don't have much information, I would say. So since Reiki been re-imported in 1984 so like they starting 
from that point. Right. Um, yeah. And then you also offer classes to English speaking people who would like to come and experience Reiki in Japan. Can you, Monica, can you tell us a little bit about those classes? And because you actually take them to Kurama, do you not for your classes? We do that. Yes, we do that. Some of our classes are, we go to Mount Kurama. Yes. There. Other classes, we give them, we teach them and we give them information, accurate information. The thing about our classes is that we put in the historical perspective and then we give references for people to have more knowledge. We like our classes to be, it's, here's the manual, but now here's the information that is will help to support your class, help support. Mm-hmm. And so we teach about those you know, historical things and how they can find more information. And that gives a lot of support to our students. Can I add one thing? Is that <laughs> yeah. uh, two location in Japan available. Northern part of Japan, it's prefecture. Think about the state is Miyagi. And the city is Sendai. A lot of foreigners, they usually go to more like southern part of uh, maybe heard. Osaka, like Tokyo, kind of Kyoto, but we're more like <laughs> to the cold part of Japan. More e- easily available schedules are in the northern Japan, but for the Kyoto, because it's a mountains and depends on the rate, if it's rainy season or typhoon season, we don't set up our classes there. Right. Uh, or if there is a snow, not much available dates for Mount Krama class. It's more like a special class. Sure. If people want to come on their schedules and so there are more availability in the other location from Kyoto. And um, also because right now we're a little bit uncertain with our travels. Yes. So if people go on our website, they can sign up below on the footnote. They can sign up for the newsletter. But also if they want to look up about Mount Krama class, there's a brief information along with our regular classes. The Krama class has separate kind of category for it and on top of the page people actually can sign up for the waiting list so once the japan will be open and people can travel and once we have our dates available so people can get information um, whether they come immediately or on their own time, but they will be aware uh, about our offerings. Yeah, that's an excellent idea. Because yes, of course, travel's not really as accessible yet. Yes, and what is very unique for Krama class offering is that people actually physically stays in location. They don't go anywhere. So they wake up there, they go to sleep, it's all there. So they don't need to, so what it helps them to keep their energy, so they will have in this like 
energy bubble all the time until they finish the training and they go back to the city. So when people stays inside of the city and they travel to Krama every day, that kind of breaks that energetic kind of flow. But so this is a time where people focus on their own inner experience and why they came here, where they want to go. So then after the training or before the training, they can hang out (laughs) uh, for the more like other locations of the tourist places they can visit, more explore the Japan side. But this is the kind of good part that they just stay there and focus on themselves. It's something that that Healing Land Reiki does that others don't they they don't have the ability to yeah necessarily so yeah we live in japan so people can have questions about japan of course we're not tour guides but like like basic information we can provide because for around 20 years we live here yeah (laughs) well there's a few spots that you mentioned, Lena, that people sometimes like to check out. They like to see the Yasui Memorial Stone. Where is that in relation to Kurama? Right. Yeah. So, for example, think about you coming to Japan on Reiki tour. And you, there's two ways you can coordinate your trip. First, you can come to Tokyo, which is the capital, and um, then you for inside of the Tokyo, there's Usui Sensei's grave, yes, uh, where you can visit. Um, there's actually, if you look in the internet, there is a one website that has a beautifully put step by step guidance how to get there, but um, groups are not, I would say not allowed let's say you have 20 people group because unfortunately the mis and this is very important part (laughs) because unfortunately a lot of foreigners misbehaved inside of the cemetery good people (laughs) who will try to go now will be stopped from going there so if you have a big group i suggest you spread on few people Mm-hmm. and go on the separate time to go there but right now if you go for example early morning and if you buy yourself you should be okay and but make sure that you just come there no pictures you okay. just honor gotcha whatever you want to do there but no any ceremonies no any pictures, no any lives and things like that are not, are not allowed there. And okay. so you just go in there for yourself. Right. <laughs> right. Um, maybe you can take a picture of the temple um, before the cemetery, but, and um, so pictures. So now you're in Tokyo, then now you take a train, um, speed train around, around like a couple hours then you go to Kyoto, which is Kyoto is an ancient capital of Japan. And um, from Kyoto, 
you need to travel a little bit. Think about you need another hour to travel inside of Kyoto to go to Mount Kronon. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you either stay there or you maybe want to, it depends if you by yourself, your own tour, then you maybe better stay in Kyoto city. And then you go to Mount Grama early morning mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you explore the mountain and see how you feel if you want to come back another day. And because it's a lot, a lot so then from Kyoto there is think about you need maybe another hour to go to another kind of bigger city and from there yeah. <laughs> many kind <laughs> from there so after that then you take a bus for another hour so yeah first you take a train and to go to we're going to Usui Sensei's Sensei. hometown, Taniyai Village. It's mm-hmm. an it's a bus. It's a one hour bus to okay. us from the train station. It's a small mm-hmm. village. Mm-hmm. It's small, but if you have the pictures and you see that there is a Jap traditional Japanese tori gate that he and his Usui mm-hmm. Sensei and his brothers donated to the temple, it's there. And that is where Usui Sensei's memorial stone is. The shrine that is there in Taniyai Village was erected and it has his name on it. And it's a nice place to visit because you can really absorb that small town feel. That's where Mikao Usui was born. Wow. Oh, yeah. And the stone itself that is that was used for the memorial stone is actually from Mount Karama. Oh, really? Yes. So if you look up the pictures of the Usui Sensei memorial stone in Taniyai village, Mm -hmm. and when you see it, the actual stone that is the centerpiece is from Mount Karama itself. Beautiful. And there is even on Mount Kurama, there was a shrine to Yusui Sensei. And I'm aware that it did get, it was destroyed in the hurricane in 2018. Has it been rebuilt, you guys? Or the shrine itself was not to Usui Sensei. It was the temple that was at the location where he did the 21 day meditation. Right. But Mount Kurama is not a Reiki mountain. No. It, it is, as the many of the people there do not know about Reiki, it, there's other traditions that are there. And so it's important for Reiki practitioners to remember that it's not a Reiki mountain. And, but it is important for us. So when you go there, do not expect the people to know about Reiki because they don't. <laughs> But the actual location where Sui Sensei did his 21-day meditation, in 2018, there was a very big typhoon or hurricane. And so I'll let Lena talk about that. Yes. Like a physical location itself, think about the Krama Station, then you climb up to the middle 
you will see the Krama temple. And from there, you go more kind of deeper, uh, deeper hike where you see more root path. Yes. Um, so it's like station Hafiz Krama temple. Then there's kind of real top part of the mountain that's where Osusan say had his experience so I think Pam you're talking for people who are watching videos I just oh is, yes <laughs> the place called Osugi Gongeng that's the place it's not dedicated to Osusan say at all it's just at the location where he received his experience and in 2000, oh, it's okay. okay. Um, and 2018. So through the history, like Krama being unfortunately gone through some like painful experiences with the typhoon that's really damaged it. And so me and Monica received Reiki training for. Um, on Mount Krama in 2017. And that was the first time when William, first time ever, I think, taught the class in Japan, uh, Reiki class in Japan on Mount Krama. So wow. uh, <laughs> that was the time when me and Monica attended the class. And after we left, there was actually, like one month later, there was actually already big typhoon happening that already damaged a lot of um, Mount Krama. It's been like the part that I said from Krama Temple to the place where Usui Sensei had his experience, that part was closed for a few months. Mm -hmm. uh, they were cleaning it up. Then uh, when I went there in summer, I was like, what's happened here? Like, I see that a lot of trees are not there. And I talked to the local people and that's what they told me. And then pretty much the like, one year after that, so 2018, that was a time when even bigger typhoon hit to the point that whole Krama was closed, like right. from the to the top and for I think it took them two or three months to clean up at least somehow so people could go to the middle part of the grama but going to the top itself that was not opened for six months or so so yeah and now it's settled down <laughs> Lena you actually were a part of bringing one of our world peace grids to Kurama. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Where to start? <laughs> um, it's a long story, but to make it short, sure, sure. <laughs> to make it short, so when you go to Mount Krama, you probably heard us saying Krama Temple. So when you stand in front, actually in our visual tour, we talk about that. And we also bring people in the meditation to that spot. So that is a place where 
you in front of you is a Krama temple and there's some type of mandala there. And so people go there and can stand there a few seconds. So that is like one of the most spots on Mount Krama where is a super powerful. Yes. And um, I think each person will have their own understanding what that exactly is, but it's a point between where it brings the heaven energy energies with the earth Earth energy energy. is is the kind of wow spot spot Mm -hmm. between and uh, through the I think that's what Reiki also wants us is to bring all this heaven energies, all this high energies into our physical world and have our own life in the physical world. And when I took, and I just want people to understand that it's not that, okay, I took peace, great to Mount Krama. It's been a it's, it's been, been an ongoing a, process it's, it's it's been like four four years of long process yes, yes. and physically when william actually took it to brought it physically brought it to japan we actually went with him to usui sensei's grave in tokyo and then eventually I took it to Mount Krama. But before the day before I took it to Mount Krama, I took it to the part of the mountain where that mandala is. And I placed it to, to the spot where um, heaven and earth energies are coming yeah. together. Um, once everything will be official, there you will be able to see a couple pictures I don't have much but because this is a spot where a lot of people lined up and you have to wait to get there so cannot have much photo shoot there yes (laughs) but but and I, I really felt like a big like download blast of reiki like cleaning and then it shined out to the world Um, and uh, then I the next day I took it to Krama temple and asked if they would consider to have have it there beautiful Thank you, guys. Long story short. <laughs> yeah, I, I put you on the spot for that one. Sorry. Uh, well, guys, I think you have a meditation because so many of us aren't able to travel to you right now. You wanted to bring the mountain to us and give us an opportunity to experience Mount Kurama and Yusui's the birthplace of Reiki was there anything you wanted to let people know before we move into the meditation today did we cover everything we covered a lot Uh, (laughs) oh oh, wait Um, Um, if I can mention is that 
our offering can we mention here absolutely yes okay. so a part of our intention to deliver as much as we can reiki related japan related uh, to the people outside of japan so there is you can see it on our website so this is chroma soap wow so what is special about the soap is that when you go to another side of them like when from the top when you go down you will see so there's another part of krama it has a different name it's a different village there they have a temple that has a very special water and they get their for this soap one of the ingredient of the soap is they get temple water drawn on the full moon so this is a basically krama water yes <laughs> one of the ingredient of the soap and a um, couple other natural ingredients are here i love it for especially for the facial soap um, you can use it of course for body and in order to deliver it to you more in a Japanese way, we have been designing various packages. So now it's a gift season and it's all, all time is always gift season. So we, it's right now it comes in a different packages. Oh, um, cute. So for people who can have video uh, or if it's podcast listeners, you can go to YouTube and you will find us on our social media. So it comes in a <laughs> They're beautiful. This is a very Japanese way of putting it. So it's not just the soap. It's also packaged and br <laughs> brought to you in a Japanese way to bring you a piece of Japan, <laughs> a part of Japan. <laughs> That's yeah. so sweet. Um, <laughs> yeah and you can also get our shirts they also available they also come in the kind of this type of japanese packaging packaging <laughs> isn't that sweet oh my gosh yeah. guys i so, love and it and of course um you can get our krama tour uh visual tour also you can get it on the and i highly recommend that it's, mm -hmm. it just I don't know. It just feels like it connects you with the history and with the origins. And I, I just, I really love your Karama tour. And thank you so much for putting it on. I appreciate it. And of course, our classes, sessions, you can find it on our website. Of course. Yeah. And we, we will have links to all of that in the uh, description. Guys, who is going to lead us? Are you both leading us in a meditation today? I will be leading the meditation. Okay, Munikai. Okay. All right. Uh -huh. If anybody who is listening is driving, I'm just going to invite you to pull over to the side of the road and hit pause. These, trust me, these can go deep, especially this meditation with the Kurama energy. This is the mini Mount Karama meditation. 
At this time, please bring your hands together in front of you in gasho and breathe. If you have Reiki, please activate your Reiki symbols. And if you don't have Reiki, then just allow the energy to flow across you and over you as we take this journey together. <clears throat> The divine light of Reiki is now surrounding you. It's flowing in on the breath and it's flowing in and waking up the beauty and wonder that is you. The power of divine love, the divine mind, divine heart, are all flowing in on your breath and you're finding the divine areas of yourself waking up. This is a divine gift that is with us at all times. And it brings us in greater harmony and touch with who we truly are, our true nature. And breathe. Feel Mother Earth shining her brightness up into you and feel the divine father sky shining his light into you and the divine animal kingdom have come and they're wishing us well on our journey our journey to Mount Karama the birthplace of Usui Reiki In front of us, each of us, a bridge of light has formed. And it stretches all the way from wherever you are to the country of Japan. And the bridge is showing that it's not just an ordinary bridge, but it's a bridge of light and it has railroad tracks on it. For this is no ordinary bridge. This bridge will take us in our spirit to Mount Karama. Place your hands comfortably on your body and allow the Reiki energy to flow. As you enter the train, 
you ask what is the there, what is the price for taking this journey? And they say that it has already been paid for for you. The price is divine love and you are loved. So this journey is for you. And you smile and take your seat on the train with everyone who was joining us. And we depart and go and we see the bridge changing colors. There's a magical train and it's going over the ocean. And you look out and you see the ocean and it takes us directly to Mount Karama. We depart the train together and we go to the entrance and we find a nice young Japanese lady there who says that she's been waiting for us. And that here at Mount Karama also, your fares have been paid, paid by the divine love, the divine mind, the divine heart, and as a gift from the great treasure houses, the great treasure house of light, of love. As you walk through the gates, you see a statue of Kuan Yin and you take some water from the statue and wash your hands and rinse your mouth, a ceremonial act of purification. And as we walk up the stairs and you look around and see the trees and the flowers and the leaves. And you find that as you're walking up the steps, you're finding you're leaving little small particles behind. And as you rise up the mountain, you're finding that you're getting lighter and lighter. as that which no longer serves you is just falling away with each step that you climb up. We stop and turn to the right and we go into the train, the Mount Karama, the Mount Karama trolley that will take us up the mountain It's not a train that we expected to be here, but it's to spare us and to take us higher. And as we go on the train and we go up, you see the trees and the landscape and you hear the beautiful sounds and they're all welcoming us. and we depart the train and we step out and we feel refreshed and excited to be here.
And as we continue to ascend higher and higher to reach the temple near the top of Mount Karama, we see that our path is lined by angels, divine ones, brothers and sisters in the light, the divine animal kingdom. And they are all shining their beautiful light upon us and showering their blessings upon us. And as the blessings go in, you find yourself feeling lighter. And the blessings we are receiving are truly just greater indications of the light that is already within us. Sometimes we forget this light. But today it's shining forth beautifully as the blessings of our traveling companions is being honored by the divine beings who have come to stand on the sides and shower us. And as we reach the top of Mount, near the top of Mount Karamo, before us, we see, to our right, we see the Karama temple, and to our left, we see the power stone, and we see the great courtyard. And one by one, people are going to stand in the mandala that is at the center that represents the spot of unification of heaven and earth, the place where heaven and earth meet. And you go and you stand there and you feel the divine light shining down upon you, filling you with joy and peace. And you feel the divine light of mother earth shining upwards and they're all meeting within your body and you feel the energy of Reiki flowing through you. And so you join your hands together in Gasho and you bow your head and say thank you to Mount Karama for being here. And you give thanks and gratitude that you're able to experience standing at the spot where heaven and earth meet and the gratitude flows forth and it illuminates everyone and everything around you. And you look around and you say in your heart that you're looking forward to coming here in person when possible, but that you'll take this experience with you 
as now we prepare to go back down the mountain. The divine ones that are flanking us on all sides are saying they look forward to the time when we all can come to Mount Karama in person, but that this has just been a small bit of a glimpse, a little look, and there's much more for us all. Gifts of love. So we depart and enter the train. Once again, that'll take us back down the mountain. And we go down and we step out. And we walk back along the staircase, the stair-lined street. And we come to the entrance of Mount Karama. And there is an excitement in us that we've been able to come here in our spirit, but guided by Reiki. And you look back at the entrance of Mount Karama and you say, I'll see you soon. And you proceed to return back to the train that brought you and you sit. And we're going back across the bridge of light going from Mount Karama, Japan, back to your place where you are physically, no matter where you are in the world. And as the train travels back, you see suddenly the lights are changing from red to yellow, to orange, to yellow, to green. to blue, to purple, and to white light. And we find ourselves back at our home. And we do. Depart the train. And we enter into our bodies. And we take a deep breath. And receive the gift from Mount Karama, the birthplace of Reiki, a gift of love and light. as we settle in, we say thank you to all the ascended masters and our Reiki teachers and our teachers who have gone before us. We say thank you to Mikao Sui, Shujiro Hayashi, Mr. Takata, and all of the Reiki practitioners who have made it possible for us to know Reiki today. And when you are ready, open your eyes.
come back to your body. Thank you.